Hi, Jim Roddy here from the RSPA with two good news items before we start today's pod. First, registration numbers continue to surge for Retail Now 2021, the Retail IT Channel's number one trade show, education conference, and networking event. Join RSPA and Retail IT Channel leaders live and in person July 25th through 27th at the Gaylord Opryland in Nashville. Retail Now will have everything you've come to expect from the RSPA, plus several new features. For all the details, visit the Retail Now 2021 website at gorspa.org forward slash retail now. Our second good news item is that our Trusted Advisor podcast has been named one of the top 100 best channel podcasts of 2021 by Forrester Research. So thanks so much to the many RSPA members who have shared their insights and best practices on our shows. Thanks to uh, Jill Miller, who we're going to be talking to on this podcast. We've talked to twice before already. So the guests are the ones who have really uh, earned that award for us. And also thanks everyone who has subscribed to the pod and have rated us. So I love sharing good news. I'm thrilled to share that with you. And I hope to see you again in Nashville for Retail Now in July. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to another episode of the Trusted Advisor podcast and video series powered by the Retail Solutions Providers Association. Our goal on the pod is to accelerate the success of today's and tomorrow's leaders in the retail IT industry. I'm Jim Roddy, back with you again. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, we're welcoming back RSPA Legal Counsel Jill Miller, who has joined us previously on the Trusted Advisor in July and November of 2020. Jill, great to talk with you again. Hello, I can't believe it's been so long. I know it. Yeah, the last time was in the middle of the pandemic and my hair was like all over the place for those right. of us uh, watching on the YouTube channel. So, but also you're the first three-time guest in RSP podcast history. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Sure. Thank I'm you. not sure if we'll send you a trophy or a plaque or something, or you'll at least get a thumbs up. So uh, <laughs> welcome back. So. For those who don't know Jill, so she's a member of the Bodman Law Firm in Detroit. She's also chair of the firm's data privacy and security group. She's dedicated her legal career to representing entrepreneurs and companies that serve the retail vertical. So you can see why we keep bringing her back. Again, she serves RSPM members as a legal counsel. So before we start asking Jill questions, want to share something new with you. This is going to be a members-only episode of the Trusted Advisor podcast. So everyone can listen to Jill's answers to my first few questions, but only RSPM members have access to the full episode. So if you're not part of the association, you should be because an RSP membership has never been more valuable or affordable. Starts at just $250 a year for resellers. So to receive all the benefits of an RSP membership, including this full interview, email membership at gorspa.org. And we also want to thank our sponsors before we get going. Uh, they make the RSP community and this podcast and video series possible. Our platinum sponsors are Blue Star and Shift 4 Payments. Our gold sponsors are Heartland and ScanSource. So, all right, Jill, so earlier this year, just a few weeks ago, you hosted a very popular webinar about the Restaurant Revitalization Fund, which is no doubt providing a huge boost to the restaurant industry. And so if folks want to watch that webinar on demand, you can just go to the RSP website and search Revitalization Fund. It should be uh, the first or second search it comes up. So I want to ask you about the that fund and just a wide open question for you. So like as of today, and we're recording this in mid-May, what do VARs and ISVs need to know about the Restaurant Revitalization Fund, what's most important to them and their food service customers? Right, so I mean, the first thing um, is that the portal's open and so people are able to start, people meaning restaurant tours, are able to start requesting grants uh, from the SBA for those uh, funds that are available under the uh, Restaurant Revitalization Fund. But 
you know, when looking at it, I was sort of thinking, you know, what what do our members, um, what do they need to know? What's important for them? And I think the thing that I focused on was that the funds can be spent through 2023 and any funds. So if a restaurant receives a grant and they don't spend all of the funds, they have to return them. So it's a really important conversation to have with your restaurants to say, have you spent all of your funds that you received? There's technology um, opportunities, there's other kinds of equipment and things that our membership um, sells to their mer merchants, uh, restaurant merchants. And so I think that's a really something that you should mark your calendar and continuously have that conversation with those restaurateurs about have you used all of your money because they are able to use it for eligible expenses, which include operations expenses, which includes equipment um, and so or software or other ways in which they're improving their business through our members um, products and services so that i think is a point for our members to focus on got it i know from listening to you on that webinar that you had it really seemed wide open like it wasn't like the paycheck protection program which had to be you know more limited talking about people and paying for payroll and you know some yes. things related to that this seemed to be like we're giving restaurants money and you do what's in the best interest of your business. Again, I'm not a lawyer, you are, but it seemed like it was far more wide open than that. And it seems like everybody needs to know that could apply to technology purchases. I think you're right. And I think that um, even if you go onto the SBA's website, there is a more detailed description of what the eligible expenses include. And that even broadened it more. You know, that gave even more instruction. And as a lawyer, right, I love the words. I love when something is explicitly stated and the words equipment were in there. So um, I think if you go out there, you could see exactly what categories are. And again, it's written in plain English. So um, anybody um, who doesn't want to see a bunch of here to fours and their, <laughs> you know, their wists, they can read that. And it's pretty user friendly. Got it. Thanks. And then, uh, you know, again, we're recording this in mid-May. And so is it really up to the VARs and the ISVs listening to reach out to their uh, restaurant customers or food service customers and say, make sure you apply for this, make sure they they follow the link? Because it's really in the hands of the merchant to follow through on this, correct? Yes, that's exactly right. Yep. And um, they were doing a period in the beginning that was just for a certain smaller uh, group of restaurants. And so the bigger group will be opened in short order. So um, you know, just go out to the SBA. You can subscribe to their email notifications. They're not bombarding us um, with information, but it just sort of reminds you to think about it and to keep it on top of mind because it could be a revenue uh, stream. Yep. And it's 20 something billion dollars. So, you know, obviously this there's a lot of people going to be applying for it, but there's certainly plenty of money uh, yes. to go around as well. So that's right. Okay. Great. So one thing new this year is the Restaurant Revitalization Fund. Who would have thought uh, we'd have that phrase a, a year or two ago? But can right. you share with us, like, what else is important this year, right? Like 2020 was so radically different from any mm -hmm. other year, but in many ways, we're like still in the grips of 2020 because of the pandemic and all the fallout afterwards. So I'm curious, from your perspective as a legal counsel to resellers, to software developers, how have things changed or not changed from a legal standpoint, like what are some of the common issues that RSPA members are reaching out to you about uh, this year compared with with 2020, maybe uh, to, you know earlier in the year? Right. Well, I think that uh, you know employees are coming back. You know, it all depends on the state in which you reside. 
um, each, um, each state has its own orders that people are following. And so there's a lot of um, returning to office. There's a lot of people who have found that, a lot of companies who have found that employees working from home is just fine. Um, and so um, people are starting to catch up with, um, you know, the remote work policies, the how can I require a uh, employee to be vaccinated? How do I have to follow the, you know, the protective um, equipment when my employees come to work? Can I terminate somebody if they're a poor performer, even though they've been you know, out with COVID. And so all of these things are, you know, run still state by state. There's um, each state decides um, not only how we respond to the, uh, the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic, but employment laws. Um, you know, the rule of thumb is always, um, you know, if you have a bad employee, there really shouldn't be a reason that you have to keep them around, even if they're in a protected class, you just have to follow the rules and the documentation processes and procedures and um, and consult with a local employment lawyer. Got it, great. Yeah, no matter what, someone's in a protected class or not a protected class, they've got to perform and you've got to treat people equally. Like that's what that's all, uh, that's, that's what that's all talking right. about. Just be fair yes. and thorough. Yes. I, Anything beyond employee uh, issues? I'm curious, are there things going on from a merchant standpoint? Like a lot of restaurants closed down and folks, you know, concerned about, do I get my equipment back? I've always heard, like that was always a big resistance why folks didn't go to the as a service business model. Like, what if they close? I'll never get my equipment back or I'm not going to collect payments. Have you heard any of that? Or I guess uh, any insights in terms of, you know, resellers and, and ISVs engaging with their merchants? You know, what I've heard is that people just keep on expanding their portfolios. I mean, it's interesting to me during this time, there hasn't been, um, you know, I think in the beginning of the pandemic, there was a lot of um, concern and, and um, you know, people were scared, right? What's happening? Um, but I think a lot of our members have found different ways in which to make money, different products to sell, different ways to adapt their business to the current economic and um, social environment that's out there. So I, I find it interesting. I'm constantly getting emails from our members saying, I'm entering into this new relationship. Um, you know, how is it that I make sure that I'm protected? Um, I, I'm now um, going to hire, I have 10 new in, independent contractors that are working for me. So it seems as though, um, you know, when you're dealing with entrepreneurs, um, you know, they rise up um, to challenges like we've had. And so I haven't seen a whole lot of doom and gloom. I've, you know, there have been a few broken um, contracts and then it's just a matter of, is it worthwhile to, you know, file suit or do we try to, you know, negotiate some sort of settlement? Now, I don't negotiate settlements on behalf of members, but one thing I always try to tell members when they email me, which is first, even if I can't solve their problem for them or I can't, you know, uh, represent them specifically on an issue, what we go through first is what can I do to help? And so what I can do to help in those instances are to say, OK, let's issue spot. Um, you know, it's a lot cheaper for you to write a letter uh, to ask for whatever you're looking for from the other party that's breached your agreement um, and then just sort of big picture issue spot. So. Again, what I try to do with members, while I can't necessarily write the letter on their behalf, I can point out some tips and tricks or things that they should do to 
maybe try to resolve the issue as opposed to hiring a local lawyer or the lawyer that um, is located in the jurisdiction where their contract exists. Um, but those those sort of um, litigation sort of um, dispute kind of items are, are really, you know, few and far, far between um, that I've received. But again, um, that's not real. We're not, you know, representing uh, our members in litigation. Thank goodness sure. for them and for us. Um, but you know, we're but we're helping them with business improvements and and new lines of uh, revenue uh, for them. So that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, great. No, I'm I'm glad to hear that because I thought if there was ever a year or a period of time where uh, resellers who offer their products on an as-a-service basis were really going to get taken to the cleaners mm -hmm. on it. Like this was going to be the year. But if it's not like I haven't heard it, but I thought you might be on the front lines of it. But it sounds like you're not mm -hmm. hearing it either. It's great no. to hear the inverse of they're more right. expanding their relationships. So that's that's yeah. fabulous. Yep. Again, our I think our clients are those our members are those kind of people who are problem solvers, right? Figuring out a way to keep on. Um, improving their business and driving revenue and, uh, you know, keep swimming and fighting the fight. Yep, exactly right. Yeah, that's what entrepreneurs are. I've always said, because uh, I can say this because I was self-employed. Self-employed is I am unemployed, but I got an idea, right? I'm going to go make <laughs> this thing happen, right? And so that's what our, our members do, right? They, they go and make things happen in, uh, in good times and in, in the rough times. Uh, right. as well. I'll also say, say to our audience before I ask the next question, one of the many things I like about Jill is, I think you can tell from this because we didn't get deep into her background, she's like a business consultant with a legal degree and legal background, right? It's not just let me see what the book says, it's giving business best practice advice. So those are the things uh, that Jill knows about, not just I'm going to point you to the law, so help move in the right direction. So great, Jill. Thanks, thanks for answering that. So uh, next question I want to ask is about travel. And so, you know, travel in the channel you know, slammed on the brakes in 2020 and early 2021, except when a tech would maybe make a, uh, you know, merchant service call or there was, a you know, installing a new system. But trade shows are popping back up. And so some employees of, you know, resellers and ISVs are super eager to hit the road and others are hesitant. And then the leaders are the same way, right? Some are encouraging employees to travel and others are like, not so fast. Like, we've got to make sure everything's right. okay. So what's your advice to leaders? What's the best way for them to navigate the situation? What are the employees? employers' rights and what are the employees' rights when it comes to travel in this whole, you know, COVID winding down kind of world? Mm -hmm. No, I think it's an individual. First of all, it's it's individual, right? I mean, people have different backgrounds, different health issues, different um, people in which are in their circle and who have different sort of um, health conditions. Um, and so people think about COVID in a variety of different ways. So I would say it always comes back to a personal issue individually, first and foremost. Second, from a business perspective, um, I think that you need to, again, make sure your employee is comfortable with make. I wouldn't force anybody to travel in these times. I think that's inappropriate. Um, and I have not heard of any company doing that. I, you know, RSPA, our trade show's coming up. I've got my ticket. I'm fully vaccinated, others might not be. Um, but I think that, you know, we're gonna follow all the protocols that are set forth um, by the local community, um, by the hotel. Um, again, it's state by state. Um, and 
um, I'm going to another trade show actually start uh, next weekend. And I'm excited about that. We have found um, that some larger companies are still sort of determining what's going to happen for them in Q3, Q4. Um, a lot of companies are saying we're moving forward. We're traveling. I received a note from opposing counsel today um, that said, I'm actually on the road from this city to this city. And then, you know, again, opposing counsel who sometimes could, they can be a little sort of cranky. Um, and they, there was this PS, I'm so excited to be traveling again. So, um, you know, people, um, from a, from a company perspective, I don't think you can force your employees to travel. I don't think it's appropriate right now. Um, I think that, um, if you are setting up a business meeting that you should follow all of the local um, protocols and requirements with respect to social distancing, masking, and things of that nature. Um, so it's really a, I mean, there's no um, laws that have been established in where I live that say you, you can't travel outside of the state. Um, I think it's really a discussion you should have, um, you know, both at your board level, if you're a, a larger company, um, and then communicate that plan, right? That's another thing. Communicate the plan to your employees, what's happening. Um, and, you know, if you are your own business, if you are the owner of your own business, um, you should do what feels right for you and your company. And you should, again, just always remember to follow the local customs and orders that are in place um, for that particular city to which you're traveling. But right. I'm excited so, to travel. I'm, ex I'm really excited. Sorry. Like, no, no, it's good. It's I like what you're saying. Like, know the guidelines first, like study up on yes. those, you know, figure out what you think your policy is going to be. And then it seems like the last thing would be instead of just like getting a trumpet, bah, 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 here's our policy, like talk to individuals inside yes. your organization, because they're all going to bring a different uh, element to it, either in terms of like, hey, I'm fully vaccinated. I'm ready to go. In fact, yes. if somebody drops a, you know, a, you know, a muffin on the floor, I'm picking it up because I'm fully vaccinated, right? I'm protected yeah. against anything. Or it could yeah. be somebody who says, hey, I have somebody at home who uh, isn't vaccinated, isn't fully vaccinated yet, and they're, you know, immunocompromised, and so I'm yeah. concerned about going out. So is that what it comes down to? Is like really make sure you have a guideline, but make it an individual and stay close to your employees and, and communicate with them. Get a dialogue instead of just a, being a dictator. Oh, you marketing people. That was so well said. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. You've got it, Jim. I think I, I think it always comes down to, I think in these times that there is, I mean, again, I'm fully vaccinated. I'm excited. I'm ready. But my situation is different than, than other situations. I think we really need to be mindful of our employees and our colleagues. And, um, you know, we don't know. We haven't walked a day in their shoes. So just be open-minded and considerate. Yep, yep. There's no substitute for a competent manager getting closer to a situation. And then also to guess is to gamble. Uh, yep. These aren't my phrases, just so you know, like these are borrowed from other people uh, who I've learned from. So yeah, just don't take a wild guess, you know, talk talk to your yeah. employees. So, all right. So my next question, I want to get your advice on data privacy, but your answer to that question and a few others are going to be for RSPA members only. So again, for the non-members right. listening to receive all the benefits of an RSP membership, email membership at gorspa.org. And again, if you're already a member, just go to the RSP website, log in and visit the on-demand section of the RSPA Academy.